Coast Boys podcast. We have been quarantined. We have been delayed. We have been, uh, uh, I don't know, self-imposed uh, uh, delay, embargoed. <laughs> <laughs> but we are, but we are here, guys, and we are ready to talk some football with you guys. I am Landon McCool. You can follow me as always at McCoolBCB. Uh, you can also catch me on the Locked On Cowboys podcast with Marcus Mosier. Come check us out. Uh, and I am joined, as always, by my pal, my friend, Dallas Morning News contributor, John Owning. John, say what's up to the people. How's it going, everybody? You guys know where to find me on Twitter, at John Owning. J- uh, J-O-H-N. Oh, I almost <laughs> forgot to spell my name for a second. J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. Yeah, read all my work at dallasnews.com slash sports slash cowboys. Excited to be here. It's been a yeah. while. This is, uh, yeah, and, and it feels like this whole quarantine, working from home, social distancing has, has kind of partially rotted all of our brains, right? <laughs> like, John, John's forgetting how to spell his name. Our pet's heads are falling off. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it, it never, it never ends. So, uh, John and I are just basically, you know, it's been a while since we checked in, um, First off, real quick, how how has quarantine been for you? How how is home life? Are you enjoying it? Is it a hassle? Are you ready to get back to normal life? How are you feeling about all this? Oddly, the quarantine hasn't really changed my life too much, to be honest, other than not being able to go out and train jujitsu and all that. I work from home already, and it's just now I have my wife around, which is nice. The house is a lot cleaner. <laughs> the food's a lot better. <laughs> it's actually not a bad, I'm actually one of the few that's like not in a really bad situation. I'm I'm in the situation where I, my whole job is to make sure that everyone at my company can work from home remotely. So I basically the last two weeks have been hell for me. <laughs> uh, but but it's been better. It's been it's been better as things have started to slow down a little bit. But I'm definitely ready to distract myself with football. And and I I am certainly glad that I mean I understand the. The talk from people that are upset that things aren't kind of being delayed and all that, but it's been nice to have football as some sort of kind of normalcy, right? Mm-hmm. In like the schedule of life and that sort of thing. Uh, it's been a nice little uh, means to kind of get away from all that. So we are going to provide that same kind of service back to y'all. Uh, we figured that the best way to kind of catch up with all of this stuff was really to kind of just go you know, around the horn and uh, as they would say, and go from position to position. Like we usually do. We'll talk about uh, free agency. We'll talk about the draft. Uh, so we're going to get right into it right now. Shall we? Okay. Um, let's start obviously at the quarterback position. Uh, so I think obviously the, the big, the big headline here is Dak Prescott, uh, Signed to the fra- franchise tag for now. There have been rumblings. I, you know, I was kind of about 50-50 that I would get on here, and we would have had a Dak signing before. And and and, and honestly, I, I mean, I guess I've said that several times while recording this podcast before. <laughs> but it does sound like you know, the, the franchise tag has been applied. It does sound like the Cowboys have uh, come back at Dak. With a renewed offer of uh, with reduced years, which I think was the the sticking point for him. Um, I guess you know there's not a ton to comment here that we haven't said already. Uh, I will just also throw in that Cooper Rush uh, also signed his one year RFA tender, so both uh, your starting and your uh, backup quarterback will be back uh, for the 2020 season. Uh, I guess anything on the comment on here, I feel like you know, that's the thing about Dak in this situation, John, is that uh, we've all talked this. I mean, we talked this pay situation to death months ago, right? Yeah. Just pay the man. Let's, let's just be done with this. Uh, I, I, I still feel confident that a deal will get done before the season. How, how do you feel? Yeah, I do too. I, I'm, 
I'm excited about the the progress that seems to be made in the contract talks and everything. And it seems the thing that I was afraid of is that it would start to linger into the season and then it could actually turn into be something that would be a distraction. I think that's just like a risk that mm. the Cowboys don't need to take at a position as important as the quarterback. So it's nice to see that there's some more urgency from them as I feel like there should be and that they're trending toward a deal getting done by the time that the, all of this stuff is is up, really. Yeah, and uh, I, like I said, we it feels like we have uh, kind of, you know, talked this to death uh, to a certain point, but uh, really, I, I feel like it's it's one of those things where having talked this thing to death months ago, my change my my opinion hasn't changed mm-hmm. even a little bit since then, right? Like it's 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 always been the same. They need to pay him. They, I think they will pay him, and uh, when they do pay him, I I would not be surprised to see maybe a, like a second another flurry of, of free agent activity um, as as the Cowboys are able to get his twenty twenty number mm-hmm. down, you know, from the franchise tag number. So, uh, yeah, I think that's where we are with the quarterback position. I don't think there's really anything to discuss with the draft at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, McCarthy is. Uh, comes from Green Bay, Green Bay, which you know follows the kind of Ron Wolf model of of drafting a quarterback every year. So maybe they end up taking a flyer on a late guy or something. But uh, I, I wouldn't imagine anything uh, too exciting. And what do you think about all this talk on the sports radios, the Dallas sports radio stations about hey they should go after Jameis to be a backup? I mean. Sure. I, see that? I, I, yeah. Okay. That, they I, don't, asked I mean, me that and and I was just like, sure. Yeah. I mean, if, it, if it's he's just, cheap enough, sure. Yeah. It's just it, like it's a lot of money. Like, yeah. why would you pay that much money for someone who's not going to play? And I mean, really, it. You know, it's funny because Marcus brought this up on on Locked On, except for Cam Newton. And the idea was, well, you sign Cam Newton, and then maybe you can trade him a little bit later in the season for a pick to a team that's a contender that loses a quarterback, or you know what I'm saying? And I like that thought process, but it's you know it's eight million dollars you're probably going to have to pay at the minimum to get him as a backup quarterback for a scheme that may or may not work. You know, it's just for these guys like Jameis and Cam, like they're better off waiting for a starting situation to develop or something like that because really signing to to be a backup somewhere especially for someone like Dak Prescott who has been relatively healthy his entire career mm-hmm. knock on wood yeah um, yeah definitely yeah I did I did uh <laughs> I, I think it's just it's not like I, I I like the idea in theory but I don't know that it, it practically will work uh with the Cowboys like it would maybe you know Jacksonville or uh, you know some of these teams where you can actually have an opportunity to show the world that Cam and Jameis still have something left. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I uh, let's move on to running back. There's really only one thing that we need to discuss, and frankly, we're going to take the last the next 55 minutes discussing uh, is uh, Jameis Olawale signed his tender. Your Ooh. thoughts, John? Big time, <laughs> big time move. Yeah, maybe right, hey, maybe this is the year that they use him Fine. like an like maybe. a fullback that Finally. he actually is, you know. Yeah, I, I you know I, the, the, we we joke, but uh, you know McCarthy is a huge fan of two back sets. I get I again point out to the fact that Kellen Moore signed. This was the first signing that Kellen Moore made when he came onto the team. I there is more that can be used with Jameez Olawale. Will he get the snaps? Uh, we'll find out, but I, I do think that that is something like to keep an eye on an with the change in coaching skill set that can be utilized yeah. on an explosive yeah. offense. But the, if he's used too much as a traditional fullback, I feel like his skill set is really wasted. Yeah, t- t- totally. And I just think that you just need somebody with the creativity to know the kind of packages that he would be useful in. Because you know? I mean, and, and maybe when, that's what we get. When you go out to training camp, it's really easily to easy to see how great of an athlete he is. You know, you don't really get to oh see him too much during the games. But when you see training camp, when they're doing sprints on the field, and you see just guys being athletic, moving around, he's an extremely athletic dude. Wasn't it Zeke who said that he's the fastest running back outside of himself? Yeah, I think like, so. I, 
I mean, and think about Tony Pollard's in that group. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's incredibly. I mean, uh, yeah, you and I were s- sitting next, standing next to each other, watching Jameez Olawale run wheel routes up the field. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, and beating linebackers and safeties. So, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, d- without a problem. So, yeah, I, I I'm a. Uh, I'm glad we we we've we've got we've only got another 50 minutes we got left to talk about Jameez Olawale, so we, <laughs> we might have to cut it short. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was I was happy to see that they they picked up that option because uh, I do like Maze, and I, I will, uh, interested to see what he does next year. Uh, let's talk about wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers become an interesting position because of the the depth of the draft class, um, but also because of the free agents that the Cowboys had and and. Um, and the way that that is kind of all sussed out. Obviously, the headlining news is Amari uh, Cooper signing a five-year, one hundred million dollar deal uh, that seals him up as a, a cowboy for quite a, a, a long time. Uh, and you know, I think taking a lesser deal. I mean, from uh, our sources, a good friend Marcus Moser uh, is telling us that. That they, Washington offered him a deal that would have made him the richest wide receiver in football, um, oh, oh, just barely over the uh, Julio deal, at least on an annual per year uh, basis. Uh, but but Cooper took less money to come back to the Cowboys. Um, I, I guess we've again speaking of things that we've talked about a lot throughout this offseason already. But just to kind of bring it back. Talk to me about how important it was for the Cowboys to get Amari Cooper back and, and what he does for your wide receiver core overall by having a guy at the top like that. Yeah, it was incredibly important. And the main reason it was incredibly important because he's a receiver who helps dictate coverage. He's a legitimate number one wide receiver that defensive coordinators fear so that they're so they're going to shade safeties his way. They're going to compile their game plan around stopping Amari Cooper, which creates openings for everybody else on the offense. So having Amari Cooper as a, on the field consistently is not only a help because he's a great player, but also because of what his greatness does for the rest of the offense, in my opinion. And just going off him, what he does great, he's an exceptional route runner. He's great after the catch, one of the best receivers after the catch in the NFL. He has problems with, uh, I would say, concentration at times when he's catching, but he can still make incredible grabs. You know, he's really great awareness on the sidelines, as we see. And just really a phenomenal receiver who can win a multi- in a multiple ways. He can win with speed. He can win with physicality. He can win with finesse. He can win just so many different ways. So it, it's excellent to have him back for the next five years. Yeah. And he's young and still really young. What is he, like 25 or something like that? Yeah, I think he's probably going to turn 26 this year. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think yeah, very young. You get him through the rest of his prime, uh, and this is a guy who has a, a level of uh, you know physical talent that you know I could see him being someone who ends up playing into his thirties, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, just because he is such a great route runner. Uh, the other interesting note uh, at wide receiver here that that kind of opened things up a little bit more was Randall Cobb, who I think we all, I I mean honestly like. If I before all this started, and you take Dak Prescott out of this because obviously they were signing Dak, I think you, you, if you just looked at this list of of, un, of unrestricted free agents, if I was going to rank power rank the ones that I thought would be back this year, I'm pretty sure Randall Cobb was near the top of my list just because of his mm-hmm. you know relationship with with uh, McCarthy and 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 obviously him enjoying it here. Uh, but then the Houston Texans decided to yeah. lose their damn minds <laughs> and sign him to a three-year. Oh, let me let me get the number. Uh, three-year uh, eighteen with eighteen point seven three-year twenty-seven million dollar contract with eighteen point seven five million in guarantees for a twenty-nine-year-old slot receiver <laughs> who has been injured a lot. Yeah, and like that's the okay. drops last year. I mean, he got signed last year on a one year, was it six million? Yeah, five. Yeah, I mean, it was nothing like that is crazy money. Totally, totally crazy understood money. why he left when I said, I was like, ah, oh, absolutely. Ah, no, more power sense. to him. I like, I, I wanted him back to a certain degree, but I certainly don't, you know. 
blame him for taking a three-year, you know, $27 million contract. Like, <laughs> that's just nuts, man. So, uh, again, more powers to him. And, and and what it ended up doing is, you know, Cowboys will get a nice little comp pick for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, you know, it allows the opportunity for the Cowboys to, to potentially dip their toe into what is a extremely deep and uh, – uh, uh, you know, varied. I mean, that's the thing. It's not just deep. It's there's every flavor of wide receiver in this draft class uh, that you can think of. Um, so uh, I think that there is a, some benefits to the fact that if they need, if they feel like they need to replace that third wide receiver with you know a lot of talent, there's going to be tons of opportunity for them. So uh, first off, tell me what you thought about losing Cobb. Second off. Give me a list of some uh, some wide receivers that you're interested in as potential replacements for Cobb, and, and you know we can just kind of discuss a couple different prospects. Yeah, I was sad to see him go. You know, he uh, provided a good role for the Cowboys last year, not just as a slot receiver, but his ability to make yards after the catch. It seemed like he was also a valued member of the locker room. It seemed like he took on a little bit of a leadership role despite only being here for a year. So, like I said, it's not – not happy to see him go, but when I saw the contract terms, I was like, "Okay, go make your money, man." But yeah, totally. as, soon, as far as guys in the draft that I really like, one guy I really like, I think everybody really likes Jerry Judy. I think is the obvious best slot corner in the in the draft. I think he would be a boon for the Cowboys at seventeen if somehow he were worried to make it past the 49ers at thirteen and fall to number seventeen. Um, some other guys I like. Jalen Rager is a, is a flavor of Dallas. Every, a lot of people really like him. He's a explosive guy who can make yards out the catch. Pretty good route runner in and out of his breaks. A um, little bit small. Not as not quite as much deep speed as we thought, but he's an intriguing option maybe in, in the second round or if the Cowboys trade back in the first. Another guy that I kind of like is KJ Hamlin for Penn State. Super explosive. He can really stretch the field from the slot. Really diminutive guy. Not the best hands, but he can really stretch the field. He's a guy that safeties and um, linebackers are going to have a really, really, really tough time keeping up with him in the middle of the field. And then some other guys, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, a guy Mm -hmm. I really liked. I really gravitated toward not only because we went to the same college. You're a homer. But he's also extremely talented. (laughs) Um, Hmm. Those are some some of my favorite guys, I think. Yeah. What about we, you? I looked at I looked at KJ Hill for three oh yeah the Ohio State guy. Ago. I was just talking to him. About yeah, uh, with Marcus. I like I like uh, he's interesting. You know, it's it's he's one of kind of on that spec that Jarvis Landry spectrum. I think mm-hmm. you know he's uh, built more like a running back. In fact, I think he, I I don't know. I, I'd like to go back and see, but I wouldn't really at all be surprised if he was a running back coming out of high school that they moved to to wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think. He's a little bit different than uh, some other wide receivers because uh, slot guys is because he's not he's not the Beasley quick uh, easy to uncover uh, type slot. He's more kind of closer to Cobb in the sense where his uh, value is in yards after catch, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that you know he can he, he can get his he can get the ball in his hands and, and if he can get the ball in his hands he can move and and, and that's that's. The, the value there. Uh, I also saw uh, uh, John Hightower. Oh, yeah, from Boise from, State. Uh, from Boise State. He I like him a, a lot. Bit. Yeah, he's a little bit of a, of a, of a different kind of guy than that because he's, he's a little bit taller, lankier, more of a field stretcher, got really good speed. Uh, yeah, I like him as kind of a, an inside-outside guy who can give you some uh, slot stuff. He could also... Do some of the jet sweeps and 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 some of the kind of Tavon Austin's role stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, you know, that's the thing. And we're obviously, I mean, there's all kinds of guys who could be good slot. I mean, Devin du, uh, Duvernay from Texas. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, later on in the draft, if you like Proch from SMU, I don't, I'm not a fan, but I know that some people are. Um, there's just tons of these guys, and and you know, and and that's not even including. If someone like CD Lambs were somehow yeah. to fall to the Cowboys at seventeen, you know, so uh, there's options there for sure, and there's also you know some okay um, free agent options left out there. So the Cowboys, you know, are, are not completely out in the cold by losing Randall Cobb, uh, but there's uh, also options on the trade him. market too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I think 
just a, a thank you and a goodbye to Randall Cobb and good luck in Houston. And, and trust me, I think you're going to need it yeah. at this point. <laughs> Try to replace uh, the Andre right. Hopkins. Good luck, bud. Yeah, good luck with that, bud. <laughs> um, tight end. Blake Jarwin signs a three-year extension, um, which, you know, I think is smart. Like, I, this, I don't know that this deal is getting enough credit. You know, I think people are are more uh, uh, yelling at the Cowboys for not signing Byron Jones early, and they they hadn't noticed that they signed Blake Jarwin early. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I think $9 million in guarantees, a $24 million deal over three years for a young guy who could be, is probably going to be your tight end one, and based on what you've seen, may have a bright future of the position, especially as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think was a really great deal. You and I have gotten to see him up close, and we know what he can do. Um, so the Cowboys kind of make this commitment to Blake Jarwin to be their uh, tight end one of the future. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Blake Jarwin? And then what are your thoughts on Jason Witten signing a one-year deal to uh, leave to go to the Las Vegas Ra- uh, Raiders? being the first team he's ever played for outside of the, of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, honestly, at this point in his career, good riddance. I mean, he was becoming somebody who was becoming, I think, more of a detriment on the field than he was a help, and especially because what he was stunting the growth of the players behind him. I mean, I think Dalton Schultz in particular, I think his his development was severely inhibited because of Witten being being brought back. And but as far as Blake Jarwin, I'm really excited to have him. I'm really excited to see what Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore can devise in him. I'm hoping they're they're going to use him more as that field stretcher, seam stretcher down the middle, who can really make yards after the catch, get him out in space because that's really where he's at his best. I want to see him used like he was used in that Giants game a couple years ago. You know where? Yeah, yeah. That that is the optimal usage from him that we just haven't seen that much often. That often, and I think if they use him like that, he's we're going to be seeing this contract as a bargain by next year. Yeah, I agree. As far as Witten goes, uh, you know, I was telling Marcus, it, it, it just, because we had already done a ceremony and a retirement thing before mm-hmm. this time when he left, it, it just felt way unceremonious. You know, yeah. it's just like, okay, well, we'll see you later, bud. Uh, you know, it's so it's, I, I think, I made my peace with it. I like Witten as as an all time cowboy, but yeah, yeah I agree. It, it was well time past for him to go, especially if he wasn't going to take less snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, the which Cowboys seemed, also which it added. It seemed like he did not want to, you know. From no, it really did not. It seems like he was yeah. still like I got what it takes. Yeah, exactly. I just uh, want to know what film he was watching. Yeah, uh, when it's taking him twelve seconds to get up the field on a stick row, I don't understand how he thought that. I was like, oh, I'm doing great. I'm still open. Um, <laughs> they they also added Blake Bell, uh, the belldozer for yes. all you OU fans uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I, he'll be an interesting guy to kind of mix it up a little bit at that tight end two, tight end three range between him and Dalton Schultz, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So uh, nice, nice little down roster addition there as well. Uh, let's talk about uh, some offensive line. Um, this has become a very, I don't, I don't remember. No, no, not, not a ton. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, obviously let's, let's, let's start with the, the headline, uh, Travis Frederick retiring, you know, first of all, on a personal note, I love, I love Travis Frederick. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the day that it got like. The day that it got announced, I was at, 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 at such a low point with all this other stuff with work and stress and everything. It really was a body blow to me. I was like, oh, man, really? Uh, having said that, I, you know, listen, he's irreplaceable as a leader, as uh, a guy in the clubhouse, as uh, a second pair of quarterback eyes on the field to identify, mm-hmm. you know, uh, co- coverages, frankly, and and but also mostly alignments and, and you know, oncoming blitzes and that sort of thing. I think as far as on the field production goes, uh, you know, last year was not up to his standard per se. I thought that he got better as the season wore on for sure, but he he didn't ever quite get back to the level he was. The previous year, which I'm assuming kind of contributed to a lot of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that the Cowboys, 
moves as of late really kind of make sense. They they re-signed both Joe, Joe Looney and Adam Redman. Um, and if you remember, they still have Connor McGovern waiting in the wings. Connor Williams is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've they've got uh, uh, Brandon Knight is a guy who can play guard, so he kind of figures into that kind of equation. Uh, but I, I think that when you look at the situation as far as trying to replace an all pro, uh, the Cowboys are about as good a situation as they as they can be, right? They've yeah. got a a young guy they like, they could think they could be the center of the future, whether whether that's Connor McGovern or Connor Williams, right? Yeah. I'm thinking probably more likely Connor McGovern. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a another young vet who they really like. In Adam Redman, I think you and I saw a lot of really good things from Adam Redman last year in training camp, yep. and I think I, I'm I'm high on him. I'm I'm assuming you are too. Yep. Um, and then on top of that, having Joe Looney there kind of provides a floor, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, at the very least, you know what Joe Looney is at center. He started 16 games for you while uh, Frederick was away. You you know what you've got in that guy. So that that provides you a comfortable pl- landing place if Connor McGovern, if Redmond don't work out, uh, because uh, at the very least you know what you've got in Joe Looney. Um, outside of that, there hasn't been a ton. Uh, Cameron Fleming was uh, signed by the New York Giants. Xavier Suofilo signed a three-year deal with the Bengals, which you know, as much fun as we made of Xavier Suofilo, I thought he played better last year. Yeah. Than he had in some of the previous years, and I, and I I think we even Mia Culp with that a little bit last year, saying, "Hey, this guy's a little bit better than he was the previous year." So, uh, but I think overall, even with Frederick uh, on the, his way out retiring, I think the Cowboys are are in a pretty solid place offensive line wise. What, what are your thoughts? All I'm saying is it, it's it's the time for the training camp darlings. 2020 is the year of the 2019 yeah. training camp darlings. I mean, we got Brandon Knight. Potentially stepping into the swing tackle role, and we got Adam Renman potentially moving on the depth chart at the center position. So, I'm actually really excited to see what those guys can do in year two with the Cowboys. I think that's well, this is what uh, Redmond's third year in the NFL. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm excited to see what those guys can do. Sad, really unfortunate to see Travis Frederick go. Of course, he's a, I think all of our one of our favorite Cowboys since he was drafted. Yeah, just how he's handled himself, how well he's played, just from every, really every point that you could be a fan of somebody, he's been phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. Even what he's doing with charities and everything off the field, it's just Smart, personable, funny, Mm -hmm. you know, hardworking guy. Like, he's a great interview. I think he has a future in television if he wants to do it for sure, or radio, just because he's funny. He's got a personality. He's extremely intelligent. Uh, I think he's a guy who knew that he had a lot of opportunities outside of football, uh, and you know, I mean, he a, he was the guy that kind of broke that ca- the Cowboys offensive line credo of don't talk to the media, right? Of, yeah, uh, that's I mean, what he, the Doug he free and Mark Colombos were doing before he got there. Yeah, and, and you know, second year in there, he became the de facto leader of that whole group, which mm-hmm. is not saying which is saying a lot, you mm-hmm. know, and so. Uh, yeah, I think it speaks to what kind of person and player he was. So I, I definitely will miss him as a player. I definitely will miss him even more as a person. Uh, I'm sure he'll be around doing stuff, but it, it's not going to be the same around the Cowboys without him for sure. Uh, let's flop over to the defense. The defense has a lot of holes that they have to fill, and that's still I mean, it's going to give you a list of some guys that have left out of the building or, or at least haven't been re-signed yet. Uh, but some of these guys have been resigned. So uh, Christian Covington, uh, Michael Bennett, Daniel Ross. I think Antoine Woods is still technically not signed yet on his, uh, uh, you know, his, on his tender. Um, Kerry Hyder left to go to the 49ers. Robert Quinn signed a huge five-year yeah, deal geez, uh, with the Bears. Randall Cobb deal. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Right now, the defensive line uh, has got some holes in it for sure. Malik Collins signed a two-year deal with the with the Raiders, uh, but the Cowboys also made some signings here. Uh, they signed Gerald McCoy. They uh, seemingly signed Don Terry Poe. Um, so they are adding some additions here. So, John, talk to me about. I mean, we don't really need to discuss some of these guys who have left. I think we all know who those guys are, but. 
let's talk about you know the addition of Gerald McCoy, the addition of Don Terry Poe, what those players have left in their tank. But let's also discuss what this means for what this defense is going to look like next year. Yeah, I am especially excited about the Gerald McCoy signing. I think he still has a good bit amount uh, left in the tank, and I think he can provide an upgrade over what Malik Collins has provided them last year. He's still um, an effective pass rusher. He still has a good get-off. He just doesn't have that sustained burst that he had in Tampa Bay that made him such a force. Uh, one of the top three interior defensive linemen in the NFL for a, for a good stretch there. He doesn't quite have that, but he still has really good hand technique. He plays with leverage in the run game. He has good initial footwork. He's I was surprised how strong he was at the point against double teams, you know, in Carolina, yeah. which surprised me, which is why you saw them very comfortable playing him at the nose tackle at, in some fronts. And it's like a new trick for him, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, he's it's it's he doesn't have quite maybe the burst uh, that he used to as a pass rusher, but he's kind of learned some tricks as a run defender. Yeah, exactly. And he's much more well-rounded against the run now than what Malik Collins gave them last year. And I think that's what he's going to – the biggest upgrade he's going to give them is just the ability to be consistently – just to be consistent against the run, defending the run, you know, consistently beating his block, stacking – staying gap sound, you know, depending on what kind of fronts the Cowboys are using. And then as far as Don Terry Poe, you know, he was a guy that I was more excited when I first heard than when I watched the film. But I still think he provides an upgrade over what they had last year just because the Cowboys got so little from the nose tackle position. He's big, strong guy. I think he's like 346 pounds. He can hold, He has this incredible lower body strength to strain against double teams and hold the point. But he's really inconsistent with his hand technique and footwork, which really rots his ability to be consistent playing and play out. There are plays where his hands get too wide or his footwork is bad, he steps too wide or steps on the same vertical line, narrowing his base and causes him to be able to get knocked off balance, those type of little things. But what I will say is those are the type of issues that historically yeah. Jim Tom Sula has been very good exactly. at coaching exactly. up his players. At. So that I think that's something that needs to be considered with this Don Terry Poe is maybe in the past he hasn't been good with those things, but I can see the Cowboys having a better vision to say if, Jim, if Tom Sula can coach him up here, we have somebody that could really play above what he's been providing the last couple of years and get him back to what he was maybe back in his years with Kansas City. Yeah, and that I I, I was gonna say that as well. I think that you know you, Tom Sula, this seems like a Tom Sula fix up situation. I mean, even without a Tom Sula fix up, I think uh, I think this is a situation where uh, there could be you know. Uh, an, an upgrade, is, at, at least in, in terms of of you know holding the point of attack in the middle, and then maybe Tom Sula can unlock a little bit more of of what we used to know with the Don Terry Poe at different points. Uh, maybe just a return to technique can kind of be a fountain of youth. He's he's not old, mm-hmm. you know. He's only he's still only twenty nine, right? I think yep. so. Like it's one of those things where he still has a uh, lots of lots left in the tank, and and I think that. If, if Tom Sula can work with him a little bit and get you know to clean up some of that technique stuff, that you know you might see a little bit of a resurgence from him. So that that is a, a, an exciting signing at the very least. If it just just to show what it might mean for the changes in this defense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about linebackers. So there's been some movement on linebackers as well. The Cowboys basically have decided to. <laughs> Bring back the bring the band back together. Yep. Uh, uh, basically, I think they decided that the problem was Ben Bloom, yeah, and not him, not him, not anything else. So, uh, and Chris Richard maybe too. Yeah. So, uh, Ray Ray Armstrong and Malcolm Smith haven't been resigned, but Sean Lee, Justin March, and Joe Thomas uh, all uh, coming back on uh, one year deals. Uh, so that kind of seals up the uh, the. Uh, yeah, you know, the the bottom end of that roster. I like all these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Joe Thomas is a great you know backup linebacker. Yeah. Sean Lee is an, is another guy who can come in and give you a whole bunch of great snaps if you need him to, as long as you're not relying on him full time all the time. Uh, you know, I think you know he can. And, and really, even if like let's say we still don't know what the deal is with Leighton Vander Esch, uh, but if if he decides that he can't do this anymore. Uh, you know, a combination between Sean Lee and Joe Thomas, I don't think he's going to kill people at yeah. Will Linebacker. It's obviously not Leighton Vander Esch, but in a 3-4, more than 3-4 situations, you might be able to cover that up even better uh, if you wanted to get some of those looks. And I think Justin March is a guy who is probably one of your better special teamers. 
And if you you know, have to get down to your fifth or fourth or fifth linebacker, having a guy like Justin March down there is is probably a, a, a nice benefit as opposed to not having him. So uh, thoughts on any of these linebacker signings or anything on the uh, linebacker position overall? Yeah, I totally agree with what you said. I'm really excited that they bring, brought Joe Thomas back. I think that was a really underrated move that the Cowboys made right away. Once this, once the whole, once the new CBA was ratified and everything, they made an effort to get bring Joe Thomas back, which I think was smart. He's extremely versatile. He could play all three positions. He play. He provides uh, value on special teams. He's good in coverage. He's got sideline to sideline speed. Just a guy. I think it was smart to bring back. And then Justin March. I think that was a special team signing, like you said. Extremely fast. Very very athletic. Maybe uh, the new Cowboys linebackers coach is the guy that can maybe coach him up and improve him to a point where he can contribute on special teams, or not on special teams, on defense. But hopefully that doesn't have to come because Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, the hope is, is that you never even have to see these guys on the field in regular defensive situations. So uh, moving on to cornerback. Uh, um, obviously, Byron Jones leaving for Miami was the is the big story there. The Cowboys did resign Anthony Brown to a three year contract, which I thought that if they were going to let Byron Jones walk, signing Anthony Brown at least puts your cornerback situation in a stable spot where you at least know who your top three guys are, right? And you feel yeah. comfortable with those guys. Uh, and I feel obviously they'll add some some more there in the draft or in, through free agency, and they did also add in uh, Maurice Canada um, from mm-hmm. the Jets, uh, also from the uh, the Ravens. He signs a one year contract. Um, you know, I think he'll come in and compete for that bottom of the third or fourth cornerback spot. Uh, you know, not a bad guy to have again as your fourth corner, right? Yeah. So or as as a as a, as a quality depth, I think that. That is a nice, uh, you know, a bottom bottom of the rung signing. That as a guy that maybe, uh, you know, who who who's played well at different points in his career. Maybe he surprises you and and, and comes out and, and shows you something and really starts to move up the depth chart. But low low risk there, uh, you know, low low cost. So I think uh, that's a good way to kind of just stabilize the back end of your defensive back room. Um, they also signed C.J. Goodwin. Uh, I'm listing him in as, here as a cornerback, but I, I feel like he plays a little bit of corner and safety at, at different points. But he is almost exclusively a special teams player. He is probably, if not the best, then maybe the second or third best special teams player that the Cowboys have. Yeah, really good um, gunner. So, yeah, one of the, probably the best gunner they have, yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on the cornerback position and – Maybe bring up any, uh, you know, I think this is another spot where we can bring up some draft names if you want, guys that you might be interested in. Yeah, I'm a little a little worried about it right now, but I think it's a good floor to have uh, Cheeto, Jordan Lewis, and Anthony Brown all together. But I think what the Cowboys really need is another one more bona fide outside cornerback that in the draft maybe that they can bring in. Guys that I really like. I think everybody loves Florida's C.J. Henderson. He's really, really good. Yeah. Probably the, yeah. If if Okuda's the best man cover corner, then C.J. Henderson is not a distant second. He's very very close, just in that respect. Uh, Jeffrey Okuda. Another guy that I really like for the Cowboys is Clemson's A.J. Terrell. He got kind of busted up a little bit by Jamar Chase, but outside of that game, yep. he looked re- he's really really impressive. I mean, he has the length, he has yep. the size, he has the athleticism. He's somebody who I think. Him and along with Trayvon Diggs, if Chris Richard was still here, he would just be slobbering all over. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Please give me one of them at 17. Just give me one of them. Because they just fit what the Cowboys would want to go to the T. I think AJ Terrell has a little bit more scheme versatility and his ability to play a plethora of leverages a little bit more. I think Trayvon Diggs is more of a cover one, cover three, classic Seahawk corner type guy. But I really like I really like them both, and I think they could both be beneficial for the Cowboys. Christian Fulton is another one that's that's exciting. Um yeah, and those are those are the guys that I, I, like these... I haven't del- dove too much into the back end of the yeah. of the draft yet, but I've heard good things about guys like Amik Robertson, you know, yeah. guys like that. Gets his hand on a lot of footballs for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I I, I like a, a lot of these guys that might I mean Henderson is my my choice at 17 if he's there i think mm-hmm. I, I i like just his I, but i don't i'm sorry to feel more and more that he won't be there i like jeff gladney from tcu as well as another guy who might be available 
at 51. I, I think 51 is is probably the sweet spot. I also very much like AJ Terrell and think that you're likely to get him at a discount because of how much he got beat up by Jamar Chase. Yeah, who, man, the I best, mean, the let's best, be clear. might be the best receiver in college football. He might be top 10, top five receivers in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, even now. <laughs> like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, like that, this guy is not just, like, the best wide receiver to come out next year. Like, he's Julio Jones-level generational wide receiver. That's how good Jamar Chase is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just so we're clear there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, being so beat up by a dude like that. such a uh, struggle against that guy. Obviously not going to make it. I mean... Though. Guys, if you if you only have one all twenty two tape to watch, the national championship all twenty two tape between LSU and uh, Clemson. Even if you can only watch LSU receivers versus Clemson DBs and Clemson wide receivers versus LSU DBs, like it's it's unbelievable. Like the amount of talent that's all over the field in that game, mm-hmm. it's just totally nuts. But yeah, I I, I agree. I think Terrell's a guy that. Uh, uh, that you could easily uh, plug in and, and he could give you good snaps at cornerback and, and be an upgrade to some of these guys on here as well. You know, that's my thing too. And I don't know how you feel, but if you're not getting a guy who, uh, you know, tops off this list, mm-hmm. I don't really have, I don't have a ton of interest in drafting a cornerback later. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Cause we've got depth at this point. I mean, maybe, maybe you add a guy, you know, to, to develop or whatever, mm-hmm. But as far as like adding players to, that's what I thought the Kennedy uh, uh, signing was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that Kennedy made it so you don't have to draft a guy in the top three rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to. But uh, I think you know because now at least you've got three guys plus a fourth guy who may be a wild card as far as what he provides for you. Mm-hmm. I think if the 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 talent matches up with where you're drafting, definitely go take a cornerback. Yeah. But outside, you know, I'm not forcing a cornerback mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in the of, top two rounds. That's a problem that a lot of fans are having around. They're really shoehorning in a cornerback. Every time I post a TDN draft, it's like, why don't you take C.J. Henderson? Because, dude, well, you know, let's have a co- let's... going to be there. We don't know yeah. who's going to be there. He's an outstanding cover corner who ran a 4-3. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Is And I don't know how you feel about defensive back, and so I'm really going on the limb here, but... I view the defensive backfield a lot like the offensive line, where it's more about the collection than it is the individuals, mm-hmm. right? Like because you're talking about scheming against a set, you know, it's like it's like it's you know on for defensive coordinators when they're attacking an offensive line, they're not. I mean, the the individual players may be trying to figure out how to beat individual players but that's not how defensive coordinators attack an offensive line they attack blocking schemes Mm -hmm. and they find the weak link and the weak link is the one that they're going to expose i the defensive backfields are the same offensive coordinators attack coverages they attack and they attack weak spots in the coverages and then weak components in the defensive backfield overall so if you've got a top end corner but you've got a terrible cornerback number three and i've got three wide receivers who can play I don't. Doesn't really matter how much you're paying your cornerback one. I'm working that slot guy all day long until you find a way to stop me, which you probably won't be able to. So, uh, I, I, I'm one of those guys that I think it's more important to have a, a solid unit than it is to have an elite guy. Having said that, there it feels like this unit is got a high floor, but they need a, a, a topper guy. They need someone to kind of top off the group as. Uh, you know, at least someone that can be a more reliable physical specimen against these wide receiver ones, right? Yeah, I agree with your philosophy about the defensive backfield. The only thing I think that the exception to the rule is the is the Darrell Revis. You know, the Darrell Revis exception. If you got a yeah. guy that you can put on an island and who can cover somebody, no matter what, zero help whatsoever, no matter what the caliber of competition is, then yes, get that guy. That guy makes a giant, giant different difference schematically and makes everything easier but if those guys there's not a single guy like that in the nfl right now so no. you know so like you yeah. said the collection of the unit is incre- is much more important than the individual talent of the top guy 
Yeah, and that's why you know Byron Jones deserves his money because he's the best cornerback on the free agent market, and that's what the value of a free agent corner is. Uh, but I, I, I just don't, and I'm not saying I wouldn't sign Byron. I'm just saying I don't understand the hopelessness involved in people saying that they didn't sign Byron. There's so many different ways to do this, right? There are ways to mitigate that loss through upgrading at other spots schematically there's lots of ways to build this defense it doesn't have to include an 18 million dollar a year cornerback yep you know it's so that's that's just where i'm at is there's ways to do this let's see let's see what they finish up with speaking of finishing up let's let's finish this up we're, we're <laughs> at safeties Jeff Heath has signed to uh, Marcus's Las Vegas Ra- Raiders team. <laughs> Is he uh, moving to the, Vegas soon? The, 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 I mean, the Las Vegas Cowboys. Marcus has gotten such a head start on all the coverage of his <laughs> of the Raiders because he knows all he knows half the, the players uh, as they were on the Cowboys. So Jeff Heath signs a two year deal. Uh, you know, au revoir and thank you, Jeff Heath, yes. for everything. You know, I mean, like uh, underrated player, underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Maybe he probably shouldn't have started as many games as he did, but I, God bless him. He played as hard as he could. He made a ton of great plays for this team. I think that that needs to be remembered. Uh, and he was a, was a hell of a special teams player. Um, so a, a farewell and good luck to Jeff Heath for sure. Uh, Darian Thompson signs a one-year deal again with the Cowboys, so it looks like he'll be back. Uh, and then um, on top of that, the Cowboys signed uh, former Chicago Bear, former uh, Green Bay Packer, haha Clinton Dix to a one-year deal. To me, the Clinton Dix signing is a—it's not a guarantee of a start starting position. You know, yeah. I, I think the only person who's guaranteed a starting position in the safety is uh, Xavier Woods. Yep. I—I uh, I am hoping that. They bring in Clinton Dix as you know, kind of safety, you know, general safety backup, experienced guy you can plug in maybe as your third safety. I'm hoping that they are all boarding the uh, Dairy, the da- Damian. I, I almost said Wilson, Damian. Uh, uh, God, Donovan Wilson. There you go. <laughs> the Donovan Wilson train. Yeah, I, I got there. I got there. I was. You were confusing uh, me. I was like Damian. Wait, what? I was like, Damian. What, what direction? Yeah, are you going I know, here? right? I. Uh, the, that's the problem, John. Is I'm confusing myself. Uh, the, the, the Donovan Wilson. I, look, you and I watched him last year. We'll get your thoughts, please. I think that Donovan Wilson is a guy that should be getting more and more snaps. Every single time we saw him in the preseason, he's making plays. Every single time we saw him in training camp, he's doing something. You know, I played in an SEC program. You know, I think he needed a year of seasoning. But for me, this is the guy that I want. To get the first look at box safety when we start things up, <laughs> whenever that is, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on what they've done in the safety position so far? I think I like Ha Ha Clinton Dix a little bit more than you do. I'm intrigued with his skill set, the, in- the interchangeability between him and Xavier Woods. Even though I don't think Ha Ha Clinton Dix is the guy you want to trust playing single high a ton, I think he has a lot of interchangeability and split safety stuff. He can play. Yeah, in the real box. quick. He's I, I really was just. Good. Uh, oh, sorry. I was just I was just gonna ask. I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you think that this is a, a, an indication that because uh, that that was actually my thought too? Do you think that this is an indication that the Cowboys might be playing more split safety looks? Oh, definitely. That's than the way they, I than they have previously. Sure. Yeah, middle of the field open mm-hmm. stuff. You know, kind of. I think you're gonna see because the Cowboys were uh, by Pro Football Focus's uh, counts last year were bottom three teams in playing two two high safeties last year. I mean, they just didn't yeah. do it. They were almost exclusively cover one and cover three last year. I mean, from... And they almost played no cover four. Mm-hmm. I mean, they played some cover two, but almost no cover four, mm-hmm. which is and I think they're going to play a lot of cover four this year. I think you're going to see them run a lot yeah. of combination coverages too. You know, maybe some cover six, cover two to one field, cover four to another. I think you're going to see a lot yep. more combo coverage as well. As lo- and, on, and what combo coverages bring are a lot of quarters looks, a lot of two high safeties, a lot of rotating of the safeties at the snap, a lot of disguise that comes up with playing those type of two high shells which again you know i mean if you're going to be doing a lot of that stuff that's another reason why maybe you don't want to sign a cover one cover three cornerback uh say 18 million dollar deal mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like i mean he that's if i'm paying byron jones that much money i'm putting him in a scheme that that he feels comfortable yeah in, right? that was the one and, thing and i, I- 
that was the one thing talking yeah, about exactly. during the off season before you know when yes. they were talking. I, I was saying that I would love to bring back Byron Jones, but the fact that he hasn't shown that he can consistently be a contributor or play as effective as he has in, in those quarter coverages, those two high safety shell coverages, he hasn't just done that much. So I can totally understand no. why the coaching staff would have some, you know, would have some reservations paying him. Yeah, towards paying yeah. him that kind of money when there's just they don't know how he would how he'll respond. Yeah, absolutely. Because it just feels like you know, uh, you know, and that was kind of generally the thought process with uh, uh, Chris Richard. I mean, I mean, I, 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 what I was saying this before is all we the, when we seen Byron play, it's been the two seasons with Chris Richard, and Chris Richard runs a very specific scheme. Mm-hmm. So unless you're running that very specific scheme, I would be a little bit hesitant about paying him a ton of money unless you're tr- planning on matching those exact scenarios where he thrives specifically. So. Uh, I, I'm all for seeing more uh, varied c- coverages. I think that will help uh, a lot of things in the back end. It'll help your pass rush get home just because it'll give your defensive line a, a, an extra tick to get there before the quarterback can figure out what he's seeing. So last thing before we go, Kai Forbath, one-year contract. LP Latasor, one-year contract. The swaggiest the band kicker back. in the NFL returns to the Cowboys. Kai, 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 my guy, uh, back in kick, kicking, uh, kicking the field goal. So uh, I, I like this. Just you know, I mean, yeah. I don't trust any kickers anymore. Mm-hmm. But bring in the guy that was doing well. At least let make it compete, and we'll see how it goes from there. And then LP Lassur, maybe the best in the business at his position. Yeah. Maybe may the best player at their position in the league. You know, yeah, I've never. Have you so, ever wondered? Been worried about a snap ever? I just I don't uh, even remember the last time there was a, a like a not good snap. No, he's he's ne- no he's he's never he's never had a bad snap. I've never he's, that's the thing. He's never they they the special teams graders have come out and said he's never had a bad snap in his career. That is in a, weird. in a game. That is weird. Yeah, because we see it all the time. Yeah. We see all the time how you know holders do a masterful job of catching those errant snaps and catching yeah getting it but down. That, I've never seen the I. I I can't even remember that ever happening in Cowboys history. Just he's been here for mm. so long and been so consistent. Yeah, I know it's just nuts. It's, uh, it's uh, it's unbelievable. It's really. I mean, like I said, I, I'm not really and I don't even exaggerating know what the when dude's I say first name is. L, uh, it's LP. because it's French. It's it's Lance Philippe, I think, or or. Uh, yeah, LP stands for Lance Philippe, uh, something okay. or something Philippe no, for see, sure, because he's something. French. He's French Canadian. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard not to make a big deal of the guy that is, uh, you know, just absolutely the best, uh, perfect at his position every single time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hard not to make a big deal. Of it. Uh, that's about it for us, guys. I hope. Whew, that was an hour. I hope you guys are uh, uh, up to date. Yeah, I got a tweet saying uh, that they wanted it to go long. So there you go, my man. Well, well there you go, my friends. It <laughs> is long. So uh, enjoy yourselves. Guys, make sure you're following us. Stay safe and healthy, please. Please, yeah. if you can, stay home and don't, 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 you know, don't get anybody else sick. Even if you are not worried about being sick, you can spread this illness to somebody who will worry about being sick. So please, please, please try to stay home. Practice safe social distancing. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter while you're staying at home in social distancing. Uh, at McCoolBCB, at John Owning. Follow the our dual account at Best Coast Boys with a Z at the end. Special thanks as always to Mike Fisher uh, at Fish Sports. Make sure you follow us all on SA, SI.com forward slash NFL forward slash Cowboys. Uh, and as always, you can download uh, and rate us and review us on iOS, iPhone, Google Play, Android podcast apps. Please rate and review us five stars. Don't be a hater. And until next time, which, you know, we'll try to make this a little bit more regular. We'll have a couple more before the draft, I promise. Happy trails. <laughs>